What's up, team? Before we head into the episode, I just wanted to take a second to give a special shout out to Just Move. That is my online subscription platform. I have hundreds of workouts over on Just Move, anything from cardio, strength, mobility. We even have other coaches on there. You can do yoga, dance, and so much more. And right now, we have 50% off an annual membership. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to JustMove.com and let's get moving. What's up, team? And welcome to the Kaisa Show. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing good. We are back. It's took been a minute. A, it's been a minute. Took a week, at least a week off. Yeah. And yeah. A, a week for us always feels like a month since we see each other so often. <laughs> it does. It's scary coming in, honestly, because I'm like, what's changed? Like, <laughs> Okay, speaking of what's changed, if you are watching this podcast... If you're watching the video of this podcast, don't judge my puffy, swollen face right now. Although you said you didn't really recognize it. Honestly, I don't even write. Okay, now I'm like really like, yeah. okay, I'm looking. You know, the interesting thing is, is it just kind of looks like what filters do <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> what so an I'm, Instagram filter Yeah, does. so it just looks normal. Like you, the only thing I notice is your cheeks are just a tad like higher. Swollen. But that's what... <laughs> I feel like that's what people go get surgery for. So you look, I'm like, did you just, yeah, it honestly looks good. You look smiley. Thank you. No team. I I got a laser. What now? What? It kind of, now I'm getting dentist vibes. Like you're numb of some sort. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not I, really numb. Team, I got a laser facial for the first time and I didn't really realize until afterwards that she was like, you're going to feel like you got a third degree burn for a handful of days. Was it the and vampire facial? No, it's not my own blood. It's literally a laser. Okay, this Someone is, <laughs> this is gross. No, 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 no blood went in. I could smell my skin burn. That's how gross it is. It is a laser burning little, Wow. I don't know, hold, whatever it's doing in is your skin. Is it similar to like tattoo removal uh, laser, do you know? Oh, I wonder. It probably is, but yeah, just probably like way lower yeah. setting potentially. Yeah, that's a good point because mm. there's so many different, we were really working on a my melasma, my like different colored skin tones. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. But anyways. That's what's going on. That's what's going on with me. That's what's going on. <laughs> okay, should we go into what's buzzing? Let's... Now it's time for What's Buzzing. I'm glad you asked. What's buzzing, Bob? What are you buzzing on? No, what are you buzzing? I think what you have I a buzzing? big buzz. I have a big buzz. I'm going to play this buzz a little different oh. in attempt to not bore you or the oh, audience. So when we're going to flip around, I'm going to say my buzz, and then I'm just going to open up... Um, for some questions. <laughs> so <laughs> when the questions I've... stop or if they don't happen, then we'll move on because I'll talk all day. It's a, it's a little scary. So I am buzzing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been with us for, what a would month. that be? No, it wasn't a month. It was like, it would have been June, June or July okay. when I brought it up. Okay. Motorcycles. Mm. You were way more buzzing for me then and very excited. And now I'm here to announce I bought a motorcycle. You seem not excited. I so, am. okay, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, I bought a motorcycle. I got it on Sunday. Uh, I've been frantically searching f- the entire summer, learning, you know, searching, researching, took my permit course, did all that, and then. I got a bike. Are you a Harley Davidson type of guy? <laughs> <laughs> <You're> so stupid. 
<laughs> you already know the answer to that. No, you know what's so cool is your dad. The the episode that we that I brought it up. We called your dad. He didn't answer, but then he called back afterwards, and he knew exactly the bike that I wanted, which is a KLR six fifty. To any of you, you know, motorcycle heads out there. And he knew exactly what I wanted. So I've been talking to him lately, sending him links, sending him stuff. He's Which hel- totally makes his day. He loves that. Oh, yeah. Like- last night, I told, <laughs> I think it was yesterday, I sent him a few photos. And he was like, our last, like the text he left me with was like, I bet you just like, you just uh, stay up late looking at it, tinkering in, on it, thinking about all the things that you're going to do on it and just like, just get so excited. I was like, dude, it's literally me right now, Juicy. You guys are so similar. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And then he told me this morning, one day uh, you and him or like in the spring are going to go on a, on a bike ride. hundred percent. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But this is very exciting for you. So I, I am excited for yeah. you. Also, I respect the amount of research, like the amount of effort that goes into the choices that you make, because yeah. this, this was a long time coming. It was. Have you ridden the bike? Yeah. And it's great. Do you it's, have a cool helmet? I mean, I, you know, subjective, but like, I think it's cool. It's like is an it adventure a helmet. So matte it's like black. matte black. And, Ooh, you know, really? I called it. I got like a green coat. I still got to buy. Like, it's crazy how much shit you have to buy for safety. How and much did, how much did the, the bike cost? The bike was 4,500. Okay. So it's, was it new? No, it was 2017. Okay. Bikes get a little pricey. The, the, I mean, the bike that I got is like very affordable for what it does, but it's, it's, it's kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I mean, confident and I've, I've ridden it and it's been really fun, but like, it's no joke. Like you're on, like you are fucking on and you have to be at intersections, just people. I don't know if they don't see you or they, they see you and just don't click. Like you just have to be way more aware than you do driving a car, obviously in like highway. I'm not a fan of the highway, but I've been like just hitting the highway, hitting 65 and then getting off kind of just, you know, test, just your toes, just getting her in there just slowly. How does Priya feel about the bike? She's been so supportive. She's always supportive. I mean, I think she just doesn't want to be like a drag or anything. She's concerned, you know, she's like, Hey, like be safe, you know, but she knows I'm like, I'm in, I just, I dive in when I dive in. I'm listening to fucking adventure bike podcast now. I'm like, literally, I'm in all these communities. I'm just fully in. I love that, but that's not a bad thing because look at how much energy and fuel that it gives you. Like that's a, we should live our lives that something is this exciting. And like, even if it's short lived, did did Brian get a bike too? No, but I totally went over there because I actually bought the bike by Brian's house. And so I was like, oh, I'm going over there after I bite. So I roll up in their driveway, start revving it up and honking the horn. Was he even home? Yeah, no, they were home. Uh, and they came out and, he, you know, he was just like, oh, fuck yeah, this is sick. And then Mary's wife, you know, she's like, I can't believe you actually, this is actually happening. Because she, you know, the same thing. It's like, I brought it up, whatever it was, like May or June. And then and she, was, she was kind of like, I think, you know, she was, I haven't done anything like that with her, you know, knowing like, hey, put this idea out and then follow through. So it came full circle. She was like, wow, this is like, you got a fucking motorcycle now. Yeah. Like Brian's getting a motorcycle now. Like, oh, holy yeah, shit. he's going to get so. And if you don't know, team, Brian, who, who does Mike's and my tattoos, is Mike's really good friend. And they have been talking about going on their motorcycle yeah. journeys he's together. He's going to be my so. bike bud. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I call I him the it. road king. Okay. So. <laughs> So dorky. 
<laughs> okay. He doesn't even have a bike yet, but he's the road king. What? And what are you? I don't know yet. Okay. You know. I'll think of something. Yeah. So anyways, that's what I'm buzzing on. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you want to tell us anything else about oh, your new toy? I know. I mean, I could sit here. We could make this whole podcast, but I'm not going to not going to do that. Maybe unless you have any other questions, which no. I doubt. <laughs> no, I don't. I did take a cruise though yesterday. Like it was sunny and it was just, it was so nice. It's just fun. Like literally to go for like anywhere just go cruise around the neighborhood it's just fun and there's a lot to learn like there's so much to learn you know when you drive a car there's not much going on yeah and but here it's like you got front brake front brake rear brake clutch and shifter like so each you know what do you like uh limb <laughs> limb has a task you know and you're steering you know what i mean and you're throttling so like i could not manage that there's a lot going on yeah and it's almost like if you think about it you it kind of fucks with you. You have to like not think about it. Like it's pretty intuitive. As soon as you start thinking about it, you're like, well, wait, well, uh, you know, <laughs> but I do know it's fun, you know, cause we rode scooters for yeah. Red Bull for a long time. Totally. So, yeah. You rode scooters for Red Bull. Yeah. What is this story? I do not know about. Did you know I was a Red Bull girl? I knew that, but yeah. I don't know you rode scooters. Well, Red Bull, especially at that time, you know, it was a long time ago, they had just so much money and every Red Bull team just had a lot of fun toys. So we had the Mini Coopers with the big Red Bulls, but we also had scooters. So we all got our motorcycle license or where whoever was wanted this? to. Where was our home base? Yeah, like where was the scooter riding happening? All around Seattle with our backpacks on. And then the scooters had like little, I think oh, it was little wait, when was this? Um, this was my senior year oh, Okay, in this is like prior Kaisa Fit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is like in my hustling days. I gotcha. Yeah, I was a Red Bull girl. Oh, so you would just like go outside of clubs and events and stuff and be like, oh, hey, yeah. what's going on? Absolutely. But Bull? everyone loved us because who doesn't want free, free Red, Red Bull? Bull? Plus, they're like four bucks a pop. And that's like really like one of the only energy drinks. That, I mean, C4 wasn't around at that time. But God. yeah, it was one of the only energy drinks. So we were like, we were everyone's favorite. But so we got to ride the, the scooters. Interesting. Did you keep the scooter like at home? No, everything had to go into the warehouse. Okay, so you'd go, gotcha. But on shift, I didn't know that. yeah, if it was a nice day. And we were on the, there's certain uh, mopeds or whatever you call them that go really fast. Like yeah, ours yeah, yeah. went too fast. Like we should not be allowed to go 60 plus miles per yeah, hour on a moped. Totally. Um, with our Red Bull backpacks, like full of Red Bull. Damn. We were just out of control. Were you on the freeway? Um, no, you're not allowed to go on the freeway. There, But one time we did accidentally get on 99 or like, what is it down south? It's like 99. Whatever it was, it's a highway. Yeah. And we were like, this is, I hope we live before an exit to get off. We were trying to, because the tires are yeah. small. Yeah, so yeah, if you yeah. hit something, you're totally. going to flip off and And like die. the little grooves in the road and everything. It's yeah. totally different. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, I, I understand that it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. never knew that. I was wow. a Red Bull girl and then a Muscle Milk girl. So you still have your motorcycle endorsement. No, I didn't somehow re-up it. Oh, weird. Epic fail. Because normally it's just for life. Once you get it, it's... And when Taylor was talking about this, I might have just got the... um, The permit. The permit and never... I think that that might have been my problem. That's what I have. I don't have the endorsement yet. Yeah. That makes sense. Because that does expire. But the endorsement, what's kind of crazy is that you get the endorsement and then you have it forever. Oh, yeah. No, unfortunately I don't. That's a... But I went through the whole... Class. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Anyways, what are you buzzing on? <laughs> what's buzzing? <laughs> what am I buzzing on? Yeah. Well, I'm buzzing on still talking about my face. I've done a few okay. things to my face this week. Uh, 
I got my eyebrows microbladed. Oh, I can, can you tell. see? Totally. Can you? Yes. No, you're lying. Can you? Yeah, I can't you tell even... your facial expression because you're so swollen. swollen. You're like. Can you see something different? No. So I, can't. I got my eyebrows. What does that mean? Is that tattooed? Yeah, it's like a very thin tattoo needle for my eyebrows. You just fill them in. To like fill them in. Why yeah, didn't you get the them. big thick ones? Oh my like, gosh. Isn't that the rage? <laughs> I don't want, I just wanted my own natural ones a little Got darker. It. And I love it so far. It wasn't What were painful. they before? Just, just lighter. Thin, a little thin. Yeah, a little thin. <laughs> Receding eyebrows. <Yeah. laughs> kind of. I know. But I posted about it the other day and people were like, you don't need to do that. And I just want to preface, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, people always <laughs> like, it's like, and I love if I pencil in eyebrows or I do that, why not yeah. get this done? I don't have to do that anymore. Totally. So did it hurt? Um, they numb you kind of. And then oh. it, it basically, the needle I think is so, or what the blade that they use is so thin. Like it just feels like little scrapes. So not bad. Is it literally, is it a tattoo gun? I, I'm not actually quite sure. I think it is basically like a tattoo gun, but I think it has four prongs that when she does it, it's not like, it's kind of like a four pronged thing. I okay. don't know. Interesting. But yeah. That's like a little tattoo. That's fun. Same place that you did the facial? No. Oh. I go, I'm bopping around town. Damn. But if you have any questions about on microblading. <laughs> I wish. No. I don't trust myself on a scooter. Yeah. Very dangerous. Too wild. Oh, that's why I wouldn't get a minor. I would love to ride a motorcycle, but I would go 120 miles per hour. Would never trust myself yeah. on that. See, the nice thing about my bike, it literally, like, I think it's like maxes out at like 75. Like, <laughs> I was going 65, and I was like, this fucker does not want to go any faster, and I don't want to go any faster. Wow. Yeah, that's the only downside I would say about the bike I got, and a lot of the bikes in that, like, world is like, they're not, they're not fast bikes. So I think that's like an upside because you're not, like, I can't imagine going like 100 miles an hour. That's so scary. Yeah. But yeah, so that's good. All right. Sorry, well, I brought it back to my buzz. No, that's I'm okay. Buzzing. You're buzzing. Right. Buzz on. Yeah. I love that. All right. All right. Well, if you have questions about Mike's bike or Hit me up. My, Drop me a DM. my microblading, you yeah. just DM us, team. All right. So today we have some fun questions from the yeah, team, Yeah, we're doing right? listener questions. I love we, these episodes. Yeah, we've been taking a little break. Let's see. How can I like see and speak? Um <laughs> Now, while you're figuring this out, I'm just going to remind the team. Remember, team, if you have questions, comments, suggestions for topics, go to kaisafit.com slash ask. And the cool thing there is that you get to record your question, comment, and then we get to play it on air. So that's what we're doing with a lot of these questions um, today from the team. Word. All right. So we're going to start here because I think it's a good little transition. What's up, team? Long-time listener, second-time caller. I just wanted to chime in on are we buzzing too long? That whole debate, and I got to say, I'm a fan of the long buzz. I really am. I feel like you guys start buzzing, and then the buzz leads you on to bird walks, which leads you into interesting conversations, which I'm here for. So I support a longer buzz, but I can't fucking do flares. (laughs) Okay, that was Mike's wife, Priya. First of all, I will say the fact that Priya listens to the podcast and enjoys because she she said that. And she doesn't listen to podcasts. And who would want to listen? No offense, but who would want to listen to an extra hour of their husband? husband? This is what blows my mind. Like, 
I'm, yeah, I'm still befuddled. It's an honor, yeah. such an honor. And you know what? I'm going to keep rocking the flares. I know exactly which ones <laughs> she's trying to come at me for. <laughs> to each their own. So yeah, Priya. on a real note, this podcast has helped my relationship, which is very strange because really? I thought it would put a strain on it. You know, so now... Really? Well, yeah, because she like lit... I mean, she's part of the team. She like cuts the clips yeah, and Priya everything. Cuts, Priya listens to everyone because she also cuts our clips. Yeah, and it's been strange that she still wants to talk to me after she because she's like oh i gotta go work for a little while which means listen to you bullshit with kaiser for an hour and a half such an honor i know that is the hot honestly that is the highest compliment yeah so that's been cool and honestly shout out just in general to the people who are listening because like i think it is growing like you know, I'm not used to all the the messages and comments like you are, but like I get messages and comments on my Instagram. I see it on YouTube. Like we met someone the other day. Shout out to Elizabeth Elizabeth. who listens and she knew we were like those. This is major. In real life moment. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's so cool to hear what people like have to say and that they enjoy it. And they're not like critical, you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone has their opinions, but it's not like everyone's saying stop doing this do more of this like everyone's just like i love the podcast which is just so cool so just want to bring that up (laughs) all right here we go and we're gonna be you know a lot of these questions as you would assume are kind of related to training but there's kind of a mix so i'm just (coughs) oh my gosh are you okay that was straight ginger (laughs) the ginger i brought like powdered ginger (laughs) that just stuck in my throat all right anyways here we go All right, Kaiza, real serious question here. I just spent $300 ordering Vivos from Europe. Um, what, what do I what do I do with them? Help a girl out like <laughs> do I wear socks with them? Do they need special care? Like I I I don't know what I don't know what to do now. I know they're going to be different. I don't know if I'm quite prepared. <laughs> What? Tell me what to do. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny. Well, I'm very excited that you have a new pair of Vivos and I think they are going to change your life. It sounds like you got two pairs with that cost because they're not, they're not $300, but yeah, yeah, probably, probably yeah. two pairs. So top, tops, uh, Vivo care and wear instructions. So, um, you can definitely wear no socks with the knit versions and my favorite, the Primus knit. I don't actually wear socks. Um, with some of the other ones, I do wear socks. It's just a comfort thing. And then I wash them as well. So oh. you can you can wash them. Yeah. Which you do want to do because when you're wearing when shoes, you're wearing no socks. socks. It's kind of nasty. Yeah. And no other special care is needed. Just rock the shit out of them. Um, if you have never worn a more minimal barefoot shoe, I just always like to preface saying ease yourself into it. Maybe start one time a week or start wearing them around the house, walking around. Just get your body used to them because it is a big change for your body. It's a change in a positive direction, but it can just take a little while for your body to get used to that. Yeah. And for anyone else that's listening, if you want 20% off of a pair of Evos, Kaisa Fit 20. It's Kaisa Fit 20. It's Kaisa Fit 20. That's okay. your code. And hit me up. If you have questions about which ones, hit me up. Yeah. They are very different though. This is fun. This, I thought that was so funny because it's like, I think it's such a departure from a lot of people's norm 
You know, and then when yeah. you go to put on your other shoes, as we've all talked, it's like, oh, it's hard to put on my other shoes now because oh, yeah. the toes get all comfy. In the Vivos. In the Vivos, Oh, yeah. it's hard to rock other shoes now because yeah. Vivos have totally changed. You realize how much more comfortable you are in those Vivo barefoot shoes. Yeah. And movement for me is is very different. Like, I sound dramatic when I'm saying mm-hmm. this. Like, I feel so much better training in those shoes. Yeah. And I rock them 24 seven. Yeah. I'm not looking back. It forces me to walk way more intentionally because I've been doing a lot of walks and, and it, it's, I really think about how does my foot strike the ground? Because if you just kind of are clunky, it's, feel it, it kind of hurts. Like yeah. it's not comfy. So you have, it's like walking barefoot. Like when you walk barefoot, you walk way different than when you wear shoes. So yeah. it's a kind of an intentional way to walk. And for people to understand you, the way in which you engage with the ground with your foot translates all the way up your body. And so it does really matter how that foot is engaging with the ground and the foot in its most natural barefoot stance engaging with the ground is the healthiest. So a shoe that welcomes that much space is going to be a really healthy move for Mm -hmm. most of us. Yeah. But yeah, definitely don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. Go slow. I I work, I work out now full time in, in my vivos, but you, yeah, you gotta, you gotta ease yourself into it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) this one just cracks me up hi hello just want to say i love the show love kaisa i love podcast mike i just wanted to mention it would be nice to see river and mike's wife on the show one day maybe for christmas that'll be nice love the show thank you a christmas episode with my family (laughs) don't know this person I was like, is that a family member? And even better, it's anonymous. Like most of them have an email. This person was like not going to put their info, but I just, I thought that was hilarious. That's really sweet. <laughs> One day. Absolutely. A holiday. All right. All right. Enough with the fun stuff, Kaisa. Oh. Now we're going to get into some good questions around training and business. Okay. Because okay. I know Side that's note. why you're here and My- why the people are listening. <laughs> Mike's heard all these questions. I haven't heard any of them. So you have to go in and screen them. I mean, yeah. we get some, you know, <laughs> we get some wild ones. So okay. you got to make sure we can't be just playing them with no, no screening. Uh Hi, Kaisa. My name is Ellie, and I'm a really big fan. And I just want to tell you that I just listened to your podcast about fear, and I really connect with everything you said. Uh, I opened my business one year ago, and I mean, I love what I do, but I'm not earning the money that I need to to pay a lot of things. So now my parents are sick, and need me need me to help them but I don't know how to do it I just think that I need to quit up of my dream to quit about this business and have a regular job and do regular things but I don't know just really having a bad year and I'm sad and anxious and well just wanted to tell you that I really loved your content and if you have any like um any words or any advice that will be great love you so much never change oh damn um well ellie thank you for calling in and for listening i this is hard 
that's like that that's that's really hard you're obviously in a very difficult position in life or season in life this too shall pass um i think some of the lessons that i've learned because again i don't know your story so i can only talk about my experiences or or trying to put where you are right now into pieces of where i've definitely been in my life we might think we're in the perfect spot you know we might think that things are working but honestly i think that you know Things happen for a reason and you might have to step away for a little while and you do need, you know, if you have to take care of your parents and you do need the financial resources to do that, you might have to do something different, but you might learn some incredible things along the way that completely change, you know, your trajectory and where you go next when you have an opportunity to, you know, hopefully help your parents become healthy again um, and then be able to focus your energy and your time and your efforts on your own venture. So I don't wish anyone to be in the position that you're in, but if there's any, you know, if you have an ability to have hope that something different will happen in a different time, that's always what I try to lean into because I've been through places where I, again, had to make different decisions, not the ones that I wanted to. And now when I get to look back and, you know, years from now, you'll look back and you'll realize you learned a lot of things and it could have changed the direction of where you were going and what you were doing. And, you know, hopefully... Hopefully it's short lived. Hopefully, you know, you can do the things that you need to take care of your family and then get back to your goals and your dreams. But um, trying to be open to the lessons that you can learn along the way, I think, is the biggest thing. And not that it's easy. <laughs> like, I'm not sitting here saying it's easy at all. It's not easy. And, and often you don't realize those lessons until, you know, a handful of years later. But you will get through this. Continue to take care of yourself, you know, mentally, emotionally. And, you know, I sending you lots of love. Like those are hard times and hard things. But again, life happens in seasons. And hopefully this isn't, you know, a super long season and, and you'll move into the next one. Yeah. I always, t I think this one for me, like I used to get people in like photography or video who like, how do I, how do I come full time? And like, it's so hard or they, they do it and then it's not working out. And then they, you know, they're, ah, this just isn't working out. And I always try to remind people, it's like, you don't have to do it full time. This yeah. doesn't have to be your hundred percent thing. Like I'm training clients now, personal training once a week for an hour, you know, like it's not what I even want to do full time, but I do think like, it's important to be like, Oh, if this full time thing isn't working, maybe it is time to do the other, if there's another option for you, that's more financially stable. And then just doing some training in the weeknights or, or in the weekends or whatever, or take a break. And it also doesn't mean you have to stop forever because you stop now. Like you're saying, it's like, you can take a pause and you can come back to it when that season's changed. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, I would say for most of my life, even now I do a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing that's, that's making me money. And I think that that kind of hustle also teaches me a lot about what I enjoy, what takes up a lot of my time, what brings back, you know, resources and, and like what I can make more money. And it kind of like sets everything up for me to kind of figure out things in a more realistic way. But it definitely during the periods of my hustle, I was doing a handful of things. I was mm -hmm. never relying on this one thing um, to, to financially keep me stable. And the nice thing sometimes about that, like is if you're working, say like a nine to five for an example, and then you have personal training two nights a week because it's so 
little of your time, it might really be your fire that kind of gets you through your nine to five because you're thinking about Tuesday with so-and-so and and Thursday with so-and-so and and you have the whole week to kind of figure out what programming they're doing or whatever that is. And it kind of, I mean, same thing with like anything you do over and over every day, like there's a risk of burnout, obviously. And, you know, and especially if it's not giving you the financial returns that you need even more so. Yeah. And just, and not to sound woo, but like honestly trusting in the process, because I think for me, like, for example, the vision of seeing something on social media and seeing that as a platform that would eventually lead to something bigger. There was a year and a half of me doing that 24 seven that I did not receive any, I didn't receive any money from that. And so there's certain things that then you have to do to make sure that you're getting the money, but you're still putting a lot of energy and effort towards your goal and believing that when you put all that energy and effort at some point in time, you will be supported in the thing that you're doing. And I think, yeah, honestly, if you could go, if you could look elsewhere to make some money, some extra money, but keep doing, you know, the thing that you're really passionate about and, and work towards the goals that you have would be, would be the best suggestion. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully things get better. Absolutely. Ellie. Sending you love. So there's just a handful of people uh, wrote in about burnout. So, <sighs> And I think two people, like, so I'm going to go, I think we're going to go this one here. Hi, Kaisa and Mike. This is Hillary from Vermont. I am so enjoying your podcast. I kind of recently found it, but I am completely caught up and I look forward to it every week now and just so appreciate all of the knowledge and experiences and stories and everything um, that you guys put into this podcast. I find so many things immediately applicable to my business, to my life, to my programming um, and workouts, to my programming for my clients, all of it. So I appreciate you guys so much. um, And and I'm loving it. Uh, but my question today is about scheduling. I am a, a relatively new personal trainer. Um, I have my own business um, and it's just me. Um, so I'm doing one-on-ones and two-on-ones with clients every day um, and just trying to find kind of the right balance um, for how many sessions to be doing a day. I'm an introvert, so recovering and recharging my energy is super important so that I can give my best to each client. Um, but I also find myself always wanting to take on more, um, but being careful of not burning out. So I was just curious on your experience experience or if you had any thoughts on kind of figuring that part of it out. Um, I've spent about a year kind of reworking my schedule um, and kind of trying to find what works best for me. Um, But I would love any advice or um, anything you have uh, to add to that. So thank you so much for everything. And I can't wait to hear uh, the next podcast. Oh, that Hillary, shout out to you. This is a huge question. And burnout. this is burnout. And this is something I dealt with for many, many years as a trainer. And it's honestly the reason why I ended up, one of the reasons why I ended up realizing I had to do something different. So one of the things that people don't realize is a 40 hour work week for somebody that goes, you know, to a nine to five corporate or desk job or something different is not really possible for a lot of trainers because of the amount of energy that each human being Mm -hmm. takes from us within a day. And then the amount of energy that is spent programming and doing design. And then depending if you're running your own business. So I, first and foremost, I think it's really important for trainers to honor and recognize that more like a 30 hour training week is a full time job. That was really 28 to 30 hours was the max of what I could do. 
The other thing that I started to find a lot of benefit from was adding more people into a training session. I know this sounds odd, but hear me out. When you have one-on-one or two-on-one clients, for some reason, the amount of energy that you have to put into that session in terms of listening to everything, you know, you also become like their therapist, you're working through everything with them, you're emotionally handling, you know, wherever they're at that day. And even it happens on two-on-one is a lot more intense than when you have four or five people in a group. And it was the biggest transition for me. That's when I started to do what I called smart training, which was small group training. And it was, I made more money. So I maximized the amount of money I could make within my hour. I saw more clients and it was far less stressful because they all became their own friends. I just became the coach, you know, making sure that the programs were written, that they were doing the movements right, and that I was cheerleading them along the way. It was the best thing that I possibly did to manage the stress of clients because especially for people that are a little bit more introverted, it is so much energy to be on in front of clients for hours on end, right? Your clients, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like it's just hours and hours of that. It is exhausting. You will burn out. I I don't know how, if you're not burning out, you're probably not showing up a hundred percent. And I think one of the best ways that I remedied that was adding more people into a training session. That's great. I hear that all the time, actually, from from coaches that they're like, oh, the, 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 where the sweet spot is, is it small group. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to do small group where it's still very personalized. Um, where it's not like, um, uh, like a group, you know, full big group class. So you get to still spend that one-on-one time, but then yeah, they maximize the money obviously in yeah. the hour. And then they, they converse and they share stories with each other. They partner up and yeah. all those kinds of things. And like Hillary, honestly, you can do it several different ways. You can do small group where those, that group of people are working on the exact same thing. Or I ended up doing small group where I would do one-on-one personal training sessions just to assess that human and then write their program and teach them. So it was a two part, like I assessed you in one session I taught you your program in a second session. And then by that time you were heading into a small group session. And so what I actually did was we would all warm up together. Then they would break out and do their program. And then we would all come back together and do a 10 to 15 minute finisher together. So they were out doing their program at spots in the gym, depending Mm. on how big or how much space you have. I would go around, make adjustments. And then about every four to six weeks, they would revamp and get a new program. And so it was, it was a system that worked for Mm. me. You can also do, um, small group training where everyone is doing the same thing. It's more like kind of like boot camp style, but you're working on progressive programming. So there's a bunch of different ways. And, and Hillary, you can DM me, reach out to me and, and we can chat through, but there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But, but from an emotional standpoint, standpoint, and from like the amount of energy it took from me, it was a huge win and you're making more money and, yeah. and more people can train. It becomes more affordable because I think it was like, Maybe at one point in time, it was $40 per person in those training sessions. But if a training session from me, personal training is a hundred plus, mm. they were able to do more training. And then I was able to make, you know, Oh, double. so it works out for everybody because you're like, Hey, this is cheaper for you. Yeah. You still essentially you're getting the same thing, yeah. very close to the same thing. Yeah. And I was making up to like 200 plus dollars mm. per session because, you know, you could have five people in there if I did that math correctly. So it was a huge win. It takes time to build it up because it means you have more clientele. But then I had a lot of my women coming in two to three times a week because they could afford to do that. They were seeing the results 
faster and seeing better results because they're training more. Mm -hmm. Um, And those were my smart training crew. Like that was the crew that was with me for six years. Hmm. You know, they're probably still training today because they saw, saw the benefits and they were bought in and they could afford to do that. A lot of people can't afford. Yeah. And did you sort of have, did you set out? Like, did you know that? Like, were you like, okay, this is what I need to do? Or were, did it sort of like happen to you? It was a two part thing that happened. I was getting really, really burnt out. Um, from, from one-on-one training. And I was super frustrated that a lot of people that deserved to be trained and to be taught about their body couldn't afford it. It would just, and I was at a very boutique expensive place in um, Seattle and it was just so frustrating to me. And I wanted to figure out how, because group classes are great, but if you are in a group class, you're not getting the one-on-one attention of how somebody should make adjustments to you and how you could be in a progressive program and how you could, you know, do warmups that would really help, you know, you move better in your workout. And I, I thought I wanted everyone to have that experience. And so that's what kind of led to the thought of how do we do more small group, but how do I make it personalized in terms of everyone getting what they need out of it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. How, like kind of second part to that question, and I'm, because instead of just playing another question that's along the same lines, I'll just ask the question of just burnout. Like is there, how do you create time for yourself, especially like when most people, the time they create for themselves is to like say work out or, you know, that is going to fill them up and, and reinvigorate their energy how do you do that when you're training people 30 hours a week or, or what things worked for you to sort of like re-energize? I mean, I am, I'm extreme. So I'm just going to put that there. If I was burn, if I was burning out on something, it taught me really quickly that that wasn't the thing that I was going to, it wasn't sustainable. That wasn't the thing I was going to be able to do for life. So all of my burnout sent me in a different direction. I was burnt out from what was happening at zoom. I started my own business and I just did smart training somewhere else. I burnt out from that. I realized now why pause. Why was that better? Because I didn't have to do, I could make more money because I was, okay. I was my own. So you own. could do a little less. I could so do a little less time. time. Okay. I didn't have to do all the group classes that you had to do as a trainer there. Gotcha. Um, and they were all my clients. So I was just making more money from them. Gotcha. Um, burnt out from that. Went back to school. You know, like I, every single burnout, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like, what's the lesson here? Because I have to figure out something that I can do for the rest of my life. I will say the one guiding light the whole time was that I wanted to get, the world to move. And I wanted to figure out how to get movement out to the masses. So I knew that I just didn't know in which way. So I did always have a North star of, I want to do this thing, but whatever I'm doing right now is not sustainable. So I wouldn't be able to make my dreams and goals come true. And so I was constantly using the burnout as an evolution for the next thing. Um, I think, I don't think everyone has to do that. I think for burnout, you can also look at your life and we've talked about this a lot, the pie of your life. If, if most of your life is in work and then working out for trainers, where are other places? Like, can you slice a little less in work? Can you cut down a few hours and add in something extra? Can you, you know, add in something that's a little bit more of like a hobby or something else that you enjoy doing that fuels you? Because training is a lot of emptying your cup. And even though then you do your own personal training, you try to, you know, add a little bit more energy. It's still, it's, it's a very draining job. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. And I love training, but it's a very draining job to have. And you have to figure out how else you're taking care of yourself. So for Hillary, another potential suggestion would be like, what is your North star? Like, why did you create this business? What are you trying to get to? And I think that helps a lot of times to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Where are you trying to go? So you can say, 
this is getting me, this is on that path or not. Yeah. Because if you can say, gosh, is this really on my path? Like maybe your mission is to create a balanced lifestyle for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're burned out, you you might need to really make some decisions to change the way you're running the business to create that like North Star. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, for someone, I don't know if Hillary is a business owner, or if she's training at a gym, but a lot of times also, or a lesson I've been playing with a lot is redefining what success means to me. And I think that that's really been an important word for me, especially the past few months of redefining what success means, because success ultimately for me is yes, that I make money and, you know, yes, that I have a thriving business, but also that I'm healthy in my life and also that I'm enjoying most of my life and also that I'm like not working 24 seven. So there's certain things that I have to give up that I think it is important to do a little bit of the self work along the way and figure out what, what helps you thrive, what helps you to not burn out, you know, what helps you to feel energized? What are those things that you're probably not doing enough of right now? And that might mean you have to cut back training hours. And that might mean that you're not making as much money. And that might mean that you make different sacrifices, but ultimately, and for me right now, a big lesson is like, I want to be happy and healthy and, and live a little bit more of a full life that doesn't just include working 24 seven. And that's been an important lesson for me. Yeah. And I think it's a hard realization because, you know, we're told you success is literally just how much money you make and the house that you have and the car, but you know, it's like you have to rewire that in your system and be like, no success is, do I even enjoy those things? You know, like, or what do I enjoy? Yeah. And you need time to enjoy those things because if you just have them all, they don't, that's not experiencing yeah. any of them. Yeah. And I think another thing you've brought up before is, um, is how do you remove things? So it's less about how do you add things to prevent oh, yeah. burnout in this specific example, what could you remove? And I think, you know, for me, we've talked about like walking, like it's, I don't always have an hour anymore. Like I've become more busy in the last few months so I've been walking. Walking takes me exactly 19 minutes to do my mile around our little neighborhood. So I can like, I can do it before work, during work, after work. It doesn't matter. I can always get it in. It was removing the relying on training every day for an hour. And there's a part of me that is like, it's hard to let go of that thing. But I will say I feel good enough, like mentally to say like, oh, I've done, I'm moving and that's like a healthy way to move, but it was removing a certain amount of time and expectation and like um, necessity to create programming and all that stuff to where it's like, I can just go walk immediately and I feel better. Like that was really helpful to remove something. Yeah. And thank you so much for bringing that up because that's honestly in burnout to this day, that's like the number one thing that I do. If I'm feeling burnout, which happens quite often, I don't look around and say, okay, what can I add to like fix this? I literally look around and say, what can I start removing? And a number one thing for me that I start removing is obligations, like outside obligations. I probably meet up with friends less. I probably go out less, like things that are really fun, but they're still stressors for me. And I just start reducing, 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 reducing expectations I have on myself, reducing outside things that I'm doing and just try to get to like a doable place so that I can heal. You're not going to stay in burnout forever. You know, you can give yourself a moment, heal, come out of that, and then go back into, you know, what you were doing, hopefully with a new perspective on things and hopefully with a new kind of, you know, slicing that pie a little bit differently. But yeah, yeah remove before you add. And also, I think just, again, 
kind of going over all this stuff because mo- like literally there's like five people who who yeah. wrote in or called in around burnout. You know, something that like, uh, I think we've mentioned this before. I forget when it was, but using like one thing that worked for me was using a calendar to schedule time to do things. So it's like in the future, you like Hillary or whoever could literally say like Tuesdays from 10 to 1130 is my burnout prevention or what, like putting it, being very intentional what this time is for and you don't let anybody encroach on that time. You don't schedule training sessions. You don't have a call. You don't go for brunch, whatever. It's literally, if it's just you sitting there for an hour and a half just to like help not be burnt out, whatever yeah. it is, but make the time for it. And then you'll fill it with things that might bring you more joy. Yeah. And you have to value that because what's hard as a trainer is it's a direct relationship between you work more hours and you make more money. And you, one of the biggest things that I would suggest is for you to understand your cap, like what you're capable of on a weekly basis in terms of hours. Like just like I was telling you, I mean, 30 was honestly too much for me. It was 28. And if I worked anything over that, I was burnt out. And then also maximizing. Like this is, if, if there's been a lot of questions about this, I would love to have a conversation with trainers about how to maximize your hour because you can't get more hours in a day. And especially if you know what your weekly hour is, if it's 28, you have to figure out how to maximize those hours. How do you make more money within those hours um, or eventually do other things so that you can keep working those hours, making more money and living a sustainable life. Like that's really the goal. And especially like if, if you enjoy training and you want to do it for a long time, you've got to figure that out. Like burnout happens to every single trainer. Yeah. Burnout happens. It is a very difficult career choice. Mm. It is not easy. Um, and especially now when we live in such a saturated market of trainers, you're doing so much to compete with others, um, that you just have to figure out how you can take care of yourself. And follow through with that. And, and, and I think realize also burnout, it, like, happens to everybody. It's part of life. Like, yeah, it's not just trainers, you know. Yeah. So it's, I think a lot of times it's like, oh, training is burning me out. Well, also, like, working at Starbucks might burn you out. And also being a videographer or whatever might burn you out. Like, jumping isn't typically the solution. Sometimes, yes, it can be. But it's like, how do you find balance within the thing? Like that's the real, the meat of it. And I think it just goes back to just repeating. I do think it's important for people to have a North star of their life, Mm -hmm. you know, North star of their life, their career, and just figure out like, why am I doing these things? Because it can help to keep things in check. And then it can help to figure out what are the things that you can cut out that aren't guiding you towards that North star. Yeah. What just we're, we're on trainers right now. We're yeah. preventing burnouts. So I think yeah. it's kind of fun, per, uh, specific questions f- like takeaways. How would you build your hour? So was it, did you ever do like, was it like eight to eight fifty, and then you take another client at nine or was it eight to nine? And then you always gave yourself an hour before you start another client. Like how do you build time as a trainer, especially for new trainers? Well, that's hard because there are only, there are certain valuable times within a day, right? Like early in the morning and then in the later afternoons and evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did 55 minute sessions. Okay. So it was essentially like 7am to seven fifty-five, five minutes, get my new trainers stuff. I mean, my new clients like programs out, jump right 8 a.m to 8 55 yeah 9 a.m to 10 yeah so and i think it would be like 6 30 7 30 8 30 or 6 30 7 30 and then i think 9 30 was a popular time then i would do a lunch like a 12 30 and then it was like a 4 30 5 30 6 30 like there were like it it runs the gamut but there's popular times that people want to train 
um, which also makes your day so long, you know, like you're up at five 30, you're not home until seven 38. It's just long. And eventually I started having certain breaks within my week. That was really helpful too. So it wasn't, I wasn't working like a Monday through Friday. I would work. I think it was like a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something different. Gosh, it was so long ago. Yeah. But I could, I could take a but moment some to of your to tips. I mean, if you were to just throw it to say like new trainer, here's, would you recommend building it like that? Like just, let's just say they have clients coming in and wanting to schedule them. Would you say that like, do that 55 minute session reset for five, or is that more advanced training? Like, would you give a new trainer an hour between each client or what do you think? Um, no, I wouldn't give you that much time between a client. I think you get in the groove and you should go. If you had your way, I would highly suggest trying to just stack being a morning trainer or an evening trainer. Okay. Um, and I think that would be, that would be my number one suggestion only because then your days are not so long. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're a morning trainer and you, you stack all those, but maybe you work six days a week, but then your day is done by, you know, one 30. And then you have the rest of your afternoons and evenings to relax or take care of yourself or do the thing or your right, right programs or this yeah. and that. I would not, you don't have the luxury, honestly, especially as an early trainer of having, of really choosing your time. There are yeah. the golden hours, you know, five, six, seven, th- th- that's when people want to train AM before and work, before work, yeah. during lunch or after work. Did you prefer, or was there a difference in morning training versus evening like with attendance or is there like a like would you say if you were to go back to it yeah I think early morning training is the most dedicated people just because early morning training like the people that are getting up that early to to go to training are very dedicated to showing up um, evening, no matter what always becomes because there's things that run into your day. Like, totally. even, you know, meetings ran long. This is traffic, yeah. kids, but thing. it didn't matter to me. I, my clients were prepaid. Like, unless ah. you gave me 24 hour cancellation, you were getting charged. And yeah. I, that's the other thing. It's really hard as a trainer because your clients become your friends, Yeah. but I ran a strict business. And like, I think that's what helped. Like they had a lot of respect for what I was doing. Like I, I worked so hard. I was what, 24, 25 at the time running my own company and like trying to get people to take me serious. And I did all the things to look the part. You know, I had my, my, uh, business cards printed. Like I, I acted a certain type of way. I was very friendly and professional, but like programs were always written. I'd never had a fucking phone out. That is my number one pet peeve with trainers today. Like I ran a very tight professional business. Also all trainers hire an accountant. You're going to get fucked. If you don't Mm. hire an accountant, have somebody deal with your money. You can never evade taxes, like deal with it now. Otherwise it will eat you alive. So there's a lot of things that I did along the way that I'm, when I look back at 25 year old Kaisa, like I'm so proud of what she was doing there. But I, I ran a very tight business. Um, and I had the luxury of at some point in time, earning the right to have certain hours, certain days off, um, and certain days that I trained to try and take care of myself. It ultimately didn't exactly work. That's why I was still burnt out and (laughs) still trying to figure out what my next goal was. But also that was you, you, for your North star, you needed to move on to something different. Anyhow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that, and we've talked about it a lot, like what always ends up kind of eating me alive is that I'm not doing the thing that I know that I should be doing. And I, and I think that that's where it was around 28. I think that, that I, that I realized that. So I've been doing it for about three years Yeah. and I was 25, six, seven and running a very successful business. And I'm forever proud of that. I just, it wasn't the thing for me, which is always another realization I was running a six-figure business at 
25, 26, 27. And I was not happy. And for me to be in that place and have a realization of like a, a really quick realization of I can have a lot of money and I can do things and I'm not happy. Like I've got to switch things up and I can't just stay in this grind forever. Hmm. Why weren't you happy? I don't know. I mean, I think when I look back now, there was a, it was again going into a season of like depression. I remember at 28, it hit me really hard. And I was like, I have everything that should, when you look around that I should be, you know, living a, a happy life and I am miserable. I would go from training. I would go home. I'd take a nap. I'd go back to training. Cause the, the gym wasn't, it was like 10 minutes away from me. Um, and I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like this is not working. And I knew, I think ultimately down deep, I knew I wanted to do something quote unquote bigger. Mm. Um, and I just didn't know what that was yet. Like again, kind of ignoring, like I knew I had a North star. I knew I always wanted to do something that brought movement to more people, but I didn't, social media wasn't there. Like I didn't know. And so the only thing that I could figure out at that point in time was like, maybe I'm training the wrong demographic of people. And so that's why I went back to school, um, probably that year. And then eventually got my master's in sports performance and had the realization of like, holy shit, no, what I love is the people that I was training. I just need to do it a different way. And that's when social media came along. And because I had had the awareness of training a handful of people and realizing that I wanted to make training more affordable and bring my message of essentially an anti-weight loss message to the masses, I knew that the only platform at that time was Jillian Michaels on The Biggest Loser, but I knew that platforms existed. Like I had the whereabout to be like, okay, there are platforms, there is TV, there are certain things. And so when Instagram came, it was like, it was a pretty obvious thing of like a, a platform that we could share. And mm. at the time it was Jennifer and I, that we could share movement with more people. Hmm. And I didn't think that I wasn't going to be a trainer then. I just thought like, okay, here, here's something. Mm -hmm. And so every day we shared little tips and tricks of what it was like to, to move and what people should do, you know, if they want to incorporate movement and then it just blew up. Yeah. You scaled, you started scaled. reaching a whole lot more people I scaled for sure. Um, cool. Let's see if we have, oh, mm. <laughs> I'm gonna play this one. Oh no. It's, it's, it's in the same vein, a little different. Freaking fire. Everything that you do have to say that first. Okay. So I've been a personal trainer for about 10 years and just recently made the big jump to go on my own. Looked for about two and a half years to find an establishment. Finally made uh, the biggest decision ever, bought the building and now trying to find the balance between personal training clients and owning and establishing a space. Definitely want to grow the building side um, to make it into a fitness center. Right now we host about 25 different classes a week and um, also trying to maintain clients. Best advice for juggling being a trainer and also growing as a business um, owner, definitely fresh and uh, not certain of these territories. So I'd love advice and just question is like, what is the best way to start out um, and like three to-do lists right off the bat? Thank you so much. Have a good one. Oh, this is so hard though, because I've never owned a brick and mortar. Yeah. So, and I feel like I don't want to give advice on something that I, that I don't have experience on. I'm, yeah. you know, we've got to have like Molly here, you know, somebody that's owned a brick and mortar. But if you were to let's, let's, let's remove the brick and mortar and let's just call that business. Mm -hmm. Cause you do and have ran businesses. Mm -hmm. And even when you were just doing the personal training as your own business, 
you had to, there's training, but then there's also like the management side of like whether it's marketing or whatever those things are. And so I think you have applicable scenarios, but what if we just break the question into how do you balance being a business owner and a trainer? Or, um, or what it, what's yeah, been balance your ex- doesn't exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's the reality of the situation is that you are not, you're going to be out of balance for a handful of years, probably for many, many years until you build something. So the important thing would be to figure out what you're building right now. And I would say a handful of the important things are you're not going to be able to do this thing alone. So who's your team and where, how are you finding those people on your team, whether they're other trainers, you know, they're group X instructors, or if you have personal training there, how are you working on building a really cohesive and like important and valuable training environment? I think one of the number one things that I got to do as a young trainer at Zoom was have two days a week, a train the trainer conversation. And it was every Thursday and Friday afternoon in those off hour times. And that was absolutely one of the most impactful times as a young trainer. And that's where the, the more master trainers spent time going through things with us, whether it was a topic, whether we had conversations about other clients that we were working with. So for any business owner, I would highly suggest like your, the trainers having a dynamic and environment of like positive growth and then safe space is like really important for you to build that culture. Um, and then sometimes I, I often think, and I, this isn't tested, but sometimes I think about specializing in certain things, you know, like I think if I was going to open something, I often think whether or not I would specialize in like really just owning, whether it was like strength and conditioning and then maybe some like recovery. Like, I think it's like not, maybe not trying to be everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in your area. Um, and I think of like places in Seattle, you know, like kettlebilly or like certain places that really just own this one thing mm-hmm. so that you're very clear about what you're getting. Um, and then on the other side of that community, like what are you doing that makes you different than the other studios around you? And one of the number one things is the community that you're building. And I see it right now with the the studios that are successful are studios that have spent time really fostering a community and fostering that this is where somebody wants to go and holds themselves more accountable to the community that's there than even to themselves. And I think like that's a really important thing these days, you know, we live lives that were so out of touch from everyone else that we like really long to like be a part of something where we can get community connection and like, you know, just be around other people and make friends. Um, and I think that's huge when it comes to studios up and coming places. Yeah. If you build it, they will come is not enough. I think you have to build it and cultivate it. They are the, they are your business. They are the ones who are keeping you alive. Yeah. And to create a sustainable business means you're figuring out ways to keep people wanting to come back for Mm -hmm. more. And I hate to like, you know, be bare bad news, but just movement alone often isn't enough these days. Like people find ways for their lives to get too busy for movement to stay the thing. But if that's where the majority of their friends were, if that's where they could go to meet new people, if that's where, you know, like once a month, every Saturday you you got together and had fun things, they want to be a part of that. And people will pay so much to be a part of that. Yeah. Like what would the, yeah. How, (laughs) how sad can you make them if they were to not come to your gym anymore? Like look at it in reverse. It's like, what would they be losing if they're just losing movement? I can deal without that. I could do it elsewhere. But it's like, yeah, how many things could you really um, make them tear up? (laughs) No, totally. And, and I, I often think about this even with what we're doing, but it's our job to help 
them stay committed to their journey of health? You know, are you running challenges? Are you running like really fun and exciting things for them to like recommit to and stay dedicated to? Um, so I think I don't have a brick and mortar, but I think those were, those would be a handful of things that I would really focus on, um, when it comes to wanting to open a space. Yeah. And I think the other thing like business owner, trainer, I think it's always, it goes back to that North star. Do you want it? What's your in 20 years or 10 years or 30 years or whatever your sort of North star, wherever that sits, do you want to be a business owner? Do you want to be a trainer? Do you want to be a business owner who's still training? Like what is the goal? Because if you're just holding on to the training because it's financial or whatever, that's fine. But if you really, if your goal is to be a business owner, then it really should be, how do you do more to cultivate that? And in you start over the years, you start doing less and less training. Cause if you try to do both always, you know, it's same thing with like people in the film world too. I want to run a production company, but I still want to edit and I still want to shoot all the films. It's like, well, you can do that, but you're only going to grow to a certain level because at some point, you have to hire other people to do these things so you can be that bigger thing. Yeah, and I just want to pop a bubble, which is kind of on this tangent. It's not as glamorous to be an independent contractor and to run your own business as a lot of trainers would like to think that it is. I think a lot of times as a young trainer, you are in a space, in a studio. If you're in a big box gym, maybe you want to go to a smaller studio because you'll probably make more money there. And then you think that the next goal is for you to own your own space or to be an independent contractor. But the reality is you're completely unaware of the amount that it costs and not just financially, but energy wise to run your own business Mm -hmm. and now get your own clients and manage what it means to like have those clients and have the money coming in and pay your taxes and hire an accountant and do your own branding and marketing. Like it's not as luxurious as we, as we think. And I remember, I remember thinking as a young trainer, that's my ultimate goal. I want to do that. And then when I did it, I was like, Oh shit, sometimes it's nicer with (laughs) somebody taking care of everything. So I would also just like really question, I would really suggest that you question where you're at. And, and if you are curious about running your own business, because a lot of times trainers are like, okay, this session that I'm training for this studio they, the studio charged them a hundred dollars, but I'm only making $30. Okay. Well, there's a lot of taxes and other things that go in there. You're not just going to make hundred dollars cash, you know, like, so figure out at the end of the day, what it would actually cost you to run your business. And would you, would you actually only be making $35 if you were an independent contractor, plus all the stress of having to run a business and get your own clients? Is that really worth it to you? Maybe for some people it is, but mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, if you had an honest conversation, it wouldn't be. Yeah, Totally. Well, because you said that, we're going to end. This is the last question. What's up, guys? Hi, Kaisen, Matt. Thank you so much she for called this me Matt, podcast. by the way, it which is great. nothing short of just golden nuggets. You guys drop bombs every single episode. And I just wanted to, first and foremost, thank you so much for your dedication and the constant commitment to sticking to who you are and what you believe in, um, especially in the fitness industry. I'm a trainer as well, and I've just broken out into being my own boss and away from commercial gyms. Um, so my question to you, Kaisa, is how did you go about, um, the legalities of everything? Did you right away get an LLC, uh, insurance? What was your process with, uh, going on your own and running your own business? Would love any insight. Thank you once again for all of your service and just your constant leadership. I truly appreciate your example. First of all, are you okay over there? No, I know I was choking. Sorry. Second of all, Trina, (coughs) it's Mike. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's so offended. No, you know how when we've talked in the past, how it's like, so, you know, it's like, hey, what's going on? Nice to meet you. And I'm like, yeah, Mike. They're like, all right, Matt, I got to go over this way. It's always Matt, which is such a funny one. That's but yeah, so funny. The way that she just rolled off. But yeah. What's up, Kaiser and Matt? I just love the podcise. <laughs> That's so Anyways, good. Anyways, it's all good. I know this is called the Kaiser Show for a reason, obviously. It should be called the Mike Show. But let's hit it with... <laughs> Like switching into just literally set up legalities, new trainer. Yeah. And the answer is yes. As a brand new trainer that broke out and started my own company, shout out to Tony Moses. I'll forever be grateful um, for a handful of the, the trainers that I really respected at the time that just broke it to me real honest. Like you, it's going to be really easy for you to take cash from your clients and to go about this under the table And that will, whether it comes back to bite you in the ass or the stress of not setting things up correctly, either one or both will come back at you at some point in time. You do not want to go that route. And, and I listened to them. Um, yep. And I started an LLC right away. I got insurance for my company. And I think at the time it was through NASM where I was certified. Mm. I think, I think it was like Pennsylvania insurance. If you want to know, I could dig it up. Um, and what were the other? What does insurance cost for a personal trainer? I literally think it was like two hundred dollars a year, and okay. it covered me. It covered up to like a million dollars. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Potential. Okay, yeah. I was curious. I um, need to get some. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was literally. Thinking, I was like, I should do that. Yeah, I think it's two hundred dollars. Okay. Yep. Um, do it. Do all of it. Like line up all your ducks mm-hmm. because it's the stress of not that totally. eats you alive. Um, and then, and then I hired an accountant. And so for me, I was very early on aware of what was it at the time? Like 9.6% of, you know, the sales tax for things that would go into a separate account. And Wait, then there's sales tax on a service. Yeah. On training. Weird. Yeah. Huh. But don't, don't and, get, yeah. I, yeah. The details well, of check product. your state and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Check too. your yeah, state, check all of yeah. it. It's all different. But for me, every amount of money that I got, the taxes had to be put away. So if a client paid me, you know, a hundred dollars, I did not, one, I didn't take that and like, you know, pocket that it was it all, I was very organized about where things went and then how much I paid myself on a monthly basis. So yes, the answer is be organized from the very beginning. It is so easy to go under the table in training and you do not want to do it. Yeah. You do not want the stress of it. You do not want the legal issues that will come from it. And you want to start yourself out for like success. Take yourself serious. You are a business now. Do all the right things to set yourself up for success. Yeah. Grow from a solid foundation too. Because if if your foundation's all rocky and, you know, janky, then it's like that's what you're building your business on. Honestly, like people will take you more serious if you're put together that way. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was so proud the moment I got a square reader and I could take Mm -hmm. credit cards that way. And it was just, I took myself very serious in business. And I think that was a big part of my success. Like my, my clients and you know, like other trainers around me, like really respected the way that I ran my business because I respected my business. And I think you have to do that. Yeah. Withhold your taxes, figure out whatever that is. And every time they will not tell you what to do. The IRS will just say, this is what you owe when you do your taxes. So that is the big, like, especially in like the film photography world. So many of my friends would owe a ton of money oh, at the hard, end of the year horrible. because you, no one says, Hey, do this with taxes or whatever. You just, you have to do it on your own. So every, for me, 
20% of every dollar I make, anytime I make any money, it goes right to a savings account that's just for taxes. Yeah, it's not your money. It's not, yeah. (laughs) And the nice thing is when you do figure out that amount, you talk to your accountant, get some tips, at the end of the year, usually, especially if you're like writing things off as a business, which you should be doing too, which is another reason to set things up legit so you can actually write things off, then you usually have this little egg of money because you probably, at least in my experience, I'm always putting away more than actually needed to pay at the end of the year. So then I would have like five, 10,000 bucks and I'm like, oh shit, that new camera that I really want to get for my business, I can buy. I have this money already saved up. Yeah. And this is why like I... I am very fortunate that I found a really amazing accountant early on, but that also the stress of having to manage that on my own was something I couldn't, like I didn't understand the ins and outs of that. That was not something. So I just trusted and it, what it's not, it's worth the cost and Mm -hmm. it's a business cost. And then you're, you're, you know that you're set up correctly. And the relief of that is worth a million dollars. Yeah. And shop around too. I would say for like accountant, Accountant, like get in a good, like, know that that like you like them you know you can see them physically not have to be you know a lot of people yeah. do remote but it is nice like i go i go once in. a year yeah. usually and drop my stuff off and it's just kind of nice to sit down with them yeah um, or at least a zoom i yeah. like i definitely recommend that yeah yeah so get everything lined up do it right do it and take yourself serious so that others can take you serious great yeah. any other big nuggets of wisdom today kaisa New trainers and existing trainers doing big things. We got a lot of cool, like buying a building. I was just like, damn, damn. that's dope. Like this is cool. That's cool. No, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway honestly is knowing that you're in a profession that's going to be stressful and that's going to require a lot from you. Um, find your, find your North star, like find the thing that you know that you're working towards, whether or not it's just like running a successful studio or like, it doesn't have to be, something like major, I mean, that is major, but just find your North star so that you're constantly making sure that things are lining up to that. The other thing too, is just knowing that burnout is inevitable in this industry. It's figuring out the things that you can do, hopefully to prevent it or make it a little bit less, but also just knowing that when it comes, like what do you have set in place and what are the things that you're doing that are filling up your cup? Because this is an industry where people are emptying your cup all day. Like that's literally where you're at. You are not only their trainer, you're their therapist, you're everything for them. And that requires a lot of energy and you have to figure out where else you're pouring energy into yourself. Yeah. It's kind of wild when you were saying it earlier, I was thinking, wow, like it's the equivalent to having coffee with a friend every hour on the hour for four hours and then doing it again, doing it again that evening. And yeah. I was like, holy crap, that oh, would yeah. be so taxing. A friend that it's not a relationship though, because the friend is just telling you all the things and <laughs> yeah. then expecting some advice from you yeah, and then yeah. never it's ask how you're doing. It's a one for the yeah. most part. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, totally. And, and I, that's to anyone that cares about how they're showing up and who they are as a trainer, that is taxing. And I think the other thing too is figure out how many hours you can honestly do. You're not like Wonder Woman or, you know, Superman just because you can do 35 hours, like figure out what honestly you can handle and then try to maximize those hours. And it almost seems like I'm just throwing things out there, but like if you, it's okay, whatever that number is, like you might find out like 10 hours is all I can do. And then that might inform you, I don't want to be a full-time trainer. I'm yeah. a total part-time trainer and that is the that is the best way for me to show up. And then I can work this other job part-time and that could work amazing for yeah. you. Oh, totally. And I think along those lines also goes into maybe you realize like I really like being 
underneath like I like being a trainer inside of a different studio or a gym like I really like being an employee of a space mm-hmm. and I think that that's important for people to understand that that's an incredible like that's a an incredible job that can yeah. be like the highest thing that you want to achieve you don't need to be an independent contractor running your own business I think that's just really important for people to realize yeah because not everyone wants to own a business mm-hmm. and not everyone is capable of running a business and being a trainer. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that was a fun one. That was fun one. And I always appreciate questions from the team. So people, everyone that called and, and left a question, thank you. And if you listen to this and you're like, shit, I have a question, mm-hmm. go to kaisafit.com slash ask, leave your question. And we also welcome them not to be questions. If you have statements or topic ideas for future podcasts, you can leave those as well. Yeah. Awesome. We're listening. We okay. A lot of people talked about recovery for months. Mm. We brought Luca on, did two a two-part recovery episode. Fire. I feel like it was received very well. Yeah. So that was... That was generated from people calling yeah, in and asking totally. for it. Yeah, yeah. The point of us talking is, you know, as much as people probably don't think so, it's really not just for Mike and I to mm-hmm. hear ourselves. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about things that you find interesting. Yeah. So hit us up. All right, Mike. It was so great being back with you. I am very excited for you and your new motorcycle. Hopefully, you are excited for me. And my new eyebrows. I'm very excited. Easily. And your puffy face. And which my is, puffy face. It just—it's a whole bundle of newness over there. Oh man, team, come back at me in a few weeks, and I'll let you know how it is. You're glowing. I'm glowing. All right, team. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you back on the Kaisa Show very soon. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> oh my god.